Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and I got my two real good friends here, Ryan. This is really cutting into my anime vampire time. Um, I'm very sorry about that. I'm sure we'll hear all about it later. And Scott. This is really cutting into my anime waifu dress up time. No, I'm, I'm not playing anime dress up waifu. Not the, not the you know of. I think we just got. Why wouldn't I think Scott just revealed some things to us, everyone. Let's just. There's no. There's it. nothing wrong with playing playing little dress up games. Like, yeah. well, I mean, most Soulsborne games are just dress up <laughs> games. That's true, you know. <laughs> it's called Fashion Born and Fashion Souls. Like, <laughs> yeah. Your soul, your stats don't matter that much in that game. Like on the armor side, you can you can look good as fuck. It's it's way better to look good. Same for Code Vein. It's, it's, that's fair. I just booted up Ghost of Tsushima in the game plus mode, and, uh, and I'm like, oh, I need to look really cool in my stuff. I had, my, like, I had like five outfits I went through, depending on what I was getting up to. Yeah. Like I had like the horrible ghost, like the true yep. ghost, like all white with red. Yep, yep, I yep. I had my, my big armor thing going on, when yep. I would, and I'd have, have a nice hat. Yep. Know? Uh, yeah, but anyways, Ryan, how's your gaming been? I'm oh, pretty good. Um, ran Rhyme of the Frost Maiden last night. It's pretty fun. How, where they're, are they at now? Uh, they're in, they're in chapter two, uh, but they were in the mid, they kind of like, as part of leveling up or getting through the f- chapter one stuff, they were in the middle of doing something for chapter one. So now they're actually going to do chapter two because I gave them a ticking clock oh, yeah. on chapter three. And four yeah. yeah so it's like you can do these things whenever you I, I mean i'm i'm very upfront about it because of how icewind dale is set up you know you have to complete there's certain milestones to give them you know levels and i and i just tell them it's like listen you can continue doing you know the quests that you've seen thus far but i'm gonna tell you right now it will not level you you can yeah. interact with it i'm fine with it i like running for you guys but if you want like it's like I have a map of Icewind Dale for them and it's like and I put the the quests that they the locations they know about outside of Ten Town and it's like chapter two, chapter two. It's like, see the chapter two things? You need to go to those things. Yep. <laughs> that that's where the story be. Yep, 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 yep. Uh and Scott, how has your gaming been? Uh it's been fine. Um we've been uh you know running D D uh vampire is need to finish that up yep. and yeah i told uh linda about <laughs> uh i told linda about like some of the situations and uh stuff that's been going on in blood covenant and she's just tickled pink by mm-hmm, a whole bunch of stuff. it uh especially also in abby today thank you thank you abby yeah. for explaining that paisley is just halloween candy with a razor blade in it that, that is very apt of that character i can't wait pay, uh, l- listeners and patrons i can't wait for you to meet uh meet these guys yeah they're fantastic we had a great time uh as for my gaming it's pretty been stock standard uh i have started with scott and a few of our personal friends for a private game of scion we are slowly putting that together next first se- real session will be next week at some point Mm-hmm. Um, but I look for, I will report back when we actually get things going. Uh, but from there, since gaming has been pretty good, it, this is going to be kind of a late episode just because it's, it's turkey time. Early days. Yeah, it's, it's mm. food times and we're all in quarantine. So we're kind of just taking it easy. 
But regardless, we're gonna. There's still some news. So Scott, would you like to? Would you like to do the big news? The yeah, news sure. So I mean, this is pretty pretty old by the time of this recording, uh, but I hear figure you'd like to hear our thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paradox slash White Wolf slash World of Darkness. I, 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 they're referring to themselves as World of Darkness now. Not yeah, like, yeah. Refer to themselves as White Wolf. Which yep. okay, whatever. Um, but they basically have made a, made a bigger shift in how they're doing things, uh, which you know that's happened a couple of times now. Um, and they're basically they pulled a lot of their core book development into an in-house team, uh, which um, they're not being too uh, too verbose about what it means. But it seems like Werewolf uh, has been pulled in-house. Uh, and the rest of development, things that are not considered core, like supplements and like, are going to be going through Renegade Entertainment, which has done a couple of interesting things. Um, that's what they've said uh, as far as how things are going forward in the future. They're not being super detail-rich about how, what that means for their partnerships with Hunter's Entertainment or Onyx Path or any of the other companies that they've been, they've been working off. Uh, now all of this is re- in regard to tabletop games. I have no doubt that they're going to continue to shotgun blast out World of Darkness card games and board games and video games and all the all the like to whomever uh, you know pitches them a good idea. But this is how they are going forward with tabletop, and as a result, they have decided to release something called the Vampire Companion, mm-hmm. which has rules for Zmisi, Ravnos, and Salubri clans. Very excited. Indeed. As well as rules for mortals and ghouls and uh, just more sort of fleshed out coterie rules, uh, which sounds very cool. Like, I like, I like the idea of that. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, and they also dropped that the two next big books that are coming out from them proper are the, uh, of course, Werewolf is on the docket, but the uh, confirmed V5 Sabat Sect Guide. Mm-hmm. Which is very exciting. I have no doubt that they have heard the gnashing of teeth and wailing and clamoring of, of a lot of fans who have been very insistent about that. And I'm, I'm cool with it. I can't wait to see what they've got for V5 Sabat. Yeah. The, um, and you forgot to mention very importantly to the vampire companion, it's going to be free. Oh yeah. It's going to be free. Yeah. Just download it. I would love, I, I haven't said whether or not it's going to be like print on demand or, or a physical copy. I definitely would love a physical copy of something like that. Yeah, because I like too. having vampire books. Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll do it, but right now you're going to get the companion. It'll be out in December. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll need a paradox interactive account to get it just like most of the stuff they've been doing, but you get it for free, which is great. That's a whole bunch of content that now, we've been wanting, and we get it for free. So you can't ask for more on that. Now, now they did do an interview recently on their their official show with uh, Matthew Dawkins and Dixie Cochran of Onyx Path, mm-hmm. uh, and they did basically say that all of the, at the very least, all of the books that were a part of the various stretch goals for Chicago by Night and Cult of the Blood Gods those will be coming out there. They haven't been canceled. They haven't had their approvals removed or anything like that. Those books are coming out and they're probably going to be in, uh, in print on demand as well as PDF. So we'll, we'll get those books from Onyx path, but I would really like to know how this arrangement affects 
Onyx Path's relationship as far as making World of Darkness books. I have no doubt that they're, they've said that what they have said is their relationship remains unchanged, which given the fact that their relationship includes things like Exalted and Chronicles of Darkness and other, uh, you know, various other licenses, uh, I'm sure that those won't be affected, but they have yet to formally say what this means as far as the World of Darkness lines. Yep. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see on that uh, because Onyx Path makes great books. We have, you know, we have a good relationship with them in terms of, uh, you know, the interviews that we've done with them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to finding out if they're still in, in the loop on that. I, I think they will, but I, but I think this to a bigger conversation because we talked about this when we heard about the news is it seemed when they, when they re, sort of relaunched White Wolf, mm-hmm. they seemed to have like, okay, we're going to be very expansion oriented. Mm-hmm. We're going to put our license out. And I think they did that. And they only did like one thing in house, which was fine. But because they were so eager to get it out there, there was less quality control and a really singular vision. Mm-hmm. And I think this is their natural reaction to try to, and to get really mixed reviews on a lot of stuff. I think even the base book got some mixed reviews. And so people have sort of like, tightened in and with Justin Keeley at the head they're like okay we need we need to try as much of a fresh start as we can get and yeah. go forward from here I mean yeah the books that they've put out so far you know they pushed they put out the core book and then they put out the cam and the anarch guide and the fall of London uh that was all through I think that those those were all modifius based yes I think uh, in so. one form or another and that was kind of a mixed bag, but Cult of the Blood Gods and Chicago by Night were both really goddamn solid. Yep. So we shall see. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with a lot of what Renegade has done in terms of role-playing products, but we'll see. Yeah, Renegade handles a lot of things you've heard of. They're doing Altered Carbon. They did Vampire Rivals. So they have their hands in a lot of different pies, mm-hmm. not just... Not just RPG, tabletop RPGs, but also board games and the like. So expect, uh, and they generally have quality stuff. So expect good quality. I think, I think that them going to one studio and going, okay, you and us, between us, are going to be making all the books, more or most of the books, like ninety percent of them. Be, I think we shall see. Good, good, I, I good mean, option. The the proof is in the pudding, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. When we mm-hmm. see. When we see what kind of quality we get from that relationship is when I think the judgment can be made. Yeah, correct. Uh, so that that is one of the bigger news just because it's re- a rearrangement of the status quo as a, we have had it for the last like two years. Um, all right, other news. Well, guys, Wizard of Coast can't stop getting sued for some reason. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I, I don't know what they're <laughs> up to. Like this is like, so yeah, well, there's been two big lawsuits recently, like because they've canceled, uh, quote unquote canceled, you know, denied approval of books that were in pro- products that were in process. Yep. That, I don't know. So that sound that reeks to me of marketing or like business chicanery. Yeah, it really does. Someone decided that that was a better way of going through, you know, business than you know uh, abiding by their contracts that they figured they could take whatever wash it was on breaking their contracts over um just paying them out for it you know getting going through the process of making the product which i don't get i don't understand that doesn't seem like a good way to maintain relationships 
So to get a little more detail, basically Gale Force 9, which had been doing a lot of translation and development for 5e and a few other things for Wizard of the Coast, have basically put a lawsuit against Wizard of the Coast saying, hey, you're in, you're, you canceled our contract without officially canceling the contract and all that. You have just stopped approving our content to, for development and similar to what they're doing with Dragonlance. And some people have speculated and pure speculation on their part is like they, the, the, all this has begun around the same time that there's a new Watsi CEO. And so we're getting a lot of change. We're getting a lot of like cleaning house and rearrangement uh, internally for Wizards of the Coast and the development of all the products. I mean, it sounds like they got some sort of uh, consultant then for streamlining or whatever bullshit they do when they bring someone in who has no idea what they actually do and then just start <laughs> snipping. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We will see. I mean, it's lawsuits. These could take, they'll probably settle. That's typically how a lot of these go. They bring a lawsuit. They start hammering out their lawyers, lawyers and everyone who comes to an arrangement and somebody gets a bag of, a bag of cash. Hui. Yeah, hui. Um, I believe you linked me, Scott, that the, you can get the Dune playtesting. Uh, no, I, the thing I linked was just there was an art update. Oh, like okay. They, yeah, they yeah, released some art. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah, no real movement on Dune. Yeah. And now the big, next big thing that we've had, a, we were going to talk for a little bit of time, not the whole episode, but uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything has dropped last week. And we've had me and Ryan, I think, have had a good amount of time dissecting it. I like it. Yeah, it's got like 30-odd, I think 30-odd subclasses. Um, most a, of them are good. Yeah, most of them are good. The uh, They have robust rules for like having a, essentially a patron for the party, essentially a sponsor yeah. or someone who, who can basically be a quest giver and sort of a keeper, keep herder of kittens for the group. Yeah, someone to offer a little bit of, uh, a little bit of guidance, some benefits. Yeah. yeah. Some, some downsides yeah which is really cool i enjoy that plus they obviously added the rules for like more custom races and customizing your character within D. there's a little bit of pushback on that but overall it's it is a a step in the right direction maybe not as far as it should go but it is a step um and the biggest thing to stand out for me is the magic items i think all the magic items in that book are well worth the price of a mission uh, I agree, but my, if I'm going to put my one complaint out there, it is that those that many of those items needed to exist four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, plus one, everyone gets the rod of the pack keeper. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, why did that just not exist already? Yeah. You know, there. For example, like bar, bards literally just got away to buff themselves. Like, I mean, yeah, I think some of the I don't I don't think some of the bard instruments like even. You know, had a they give you spells. Like all the bard, all the bard specific items in the DMG were here's some more spells. They weren't right. they weren't rod of the pack keeper. They didn't help with like your base stats and the like. They were just like here's some more spells. Yeah, and and it's just it just seemed weird to me. You know, it's like okay, well, for years, like they just never had any way to make their. You know, if you wanted to be a spell attack guy. But if you wanted to be a bard that attacks with spells, I know it's yep. rare, yep. but making the saves harder is actually like a big deal. And only one or two classes had a way to get a hold of that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, and 
so with the magic items, what they've basically done is each one has been given a lot of almost every item in, in Tasha's requires attunement and a lot of them require you can only be of certain class to attune to it. And they yep. all do unique things based around the class that you're tuned. So like sorcerers are really cool. You put some blood in a vial and you tune to it and you can get more hit points back. And, and it also helps you with like your space, say save DCs and the like for your spells while you're doing it. Um, like clerics have gotten some like that and you get another channel divinity for free per long rest, that kind of stuff uh, while also helping. So they've really flushed out what needed to have happen. Oh yeah. Like if, as, as you may guess, like that's my weak ass, like that's my weak <laughs> ass problem with it. Everything else is just like yum yum yum, yum yeah. yum yum. Okay, and so, I still like the items. So my my one complaint, and this is I think a little more substantial. It's fifty bucks. Get the hard copy. It's half the size of Xanathar's. It's literally half the size. Um, but it still costs all killer, no filler, baby. True, I will grant you that it, it is lean and mean. It, there is no wasted space in that book. There is always something cool in there. The only, the only fluff or lore attack. Well, first of all, it's not a Forgotten Realms book, so yeah, like they're probably trying to stay away from any lore-heavy shit. It's already weird enough to have Baba Yaga mentioned in a, you know, as a D and D entity. Yeah. Right. Because you know Tasha's a Greyhawk character. Like she's an original OG, like first edition character. Sort of. Sort of. Her history is weird. Yeah. Either way, her marginalia is very entertaining. Yes. She she brings some much needed snark into everything that she talks about, and that's also a good little like charming thing in that book. Is that all the little notes that she leaves are all funny. They're all interesting. Yeah. And they're all funny. And she's not like a ja an asshole or anything. She's snarky and, and generally kind of positive. Yes. About everything. She's like, who doesn't love magic items? <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite, I think, is the Twilight Domain. Yeah, now this is a religion I can get behind. One that's all about mood lighting and uh, nightwear. <laughs> I <was> like... <laughs> Oh, uh, no, the battle, the battlesmith is the winner for me. She's like, they have the entire power of creation at their fingertips and they use them to make kitties and puppies. I think I understand these people. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 whoever, whoever they got to, to, to write the, the in-game content, the dialogue essentially for Tasha, A plus in my book, because they did a really good job. Um, yeah. So like we said, it's really good. Unsung hero of that book. Uh, monster diplomacy tables. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, monster they, diplomacy tables. They give a first of all. They give the hey, how do I roll lore on this monster? They actually give the actual mechanical roll on how you do it, it which is unshockingly ten plus their CR. But it yep. gives you each skill as associated with each monster type that you would appropriately roll. And this is just for people who, and this is nice stuff to just have offhand. So you don't have to worry about it or think about it, right? Of course, most people wouldn't know. It's like, okay, but you don't, most of the time it's arcana, right? Like yeah. most people go for arcana, but you know, it should be religion sometimes. Yeah, like undead. And undead also, can be arcana or religion. Depending on what angle you approach it from. And it also gives a, a random you know, four desires of each type if you randomly encounter one and you and the PCs want to try to 
deal with it, like communicate yep. with it instead of murder it, it will be like, okay, we'll roll a D4. This is what it wants. Don't yeah. have it. Well, guess what? Well, what they say is like everything that you encounter wants something. And if you can provide it, if you want to do diplomacy, it's going to, if you give it what it wants, it's going to give you advantage on the roll. So they sort of gamify it a little bit in that give it some, give it some meat besides just like, yeah, you know, social combat, you know? Yeah. A social something, something. Yeah. Which is great. You know, I, I, I think that they need, I, I, it's smart because, you know, this is also in the same section that session zero starts out. Yeah. So this is all the, hey, here's some stuff that probably has always, like, that should always be doing, you know, always offer the, you know, offer them a way to talk through it. Well, okay, don't always offer them a way. Sometimes I got to fight. I do that all the time. But most mm -hmm. of the time they can talk through it, you know? Yep. It's not always about stabby murder, stab stabs. Yeah, and exactly. And they uh, also in the GM section they have psychics, which are essentially three micro classes. So if you want to have like NPCs that are not as powerful as normal PCs but fill a role in the party, you can do it. Or you can have a player be one of these. If you want a very stripped down, simple approach to characters, you can play one of the three sidekicks classes, or, and you're and go have have fun. And you pointed out something very, you know, something interesting to me because I was like, man, what's the point? Because I'm a, you know, a dumb boy sometimes. And he's mm -hmm. like, well, what if someone wants a, just a simple character to play like with their kids or something? I'm like, all right, I'll shut up. <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the psychics are really cool. They, there's three of them. There's the expert, the spellcaster, and the warrior. Basically, they, they are what you think they are. And they all have, they have a lot of abilities from various other classes sort of smushed together and sort of delineate it out. And they're generally no-nonsense. You don't have to think about them. You just kind of do the thing. Um, I'm trying to think of what else Tasha's. Uh, almost all of the subclasses are really fun and interesting. They'll fit somewhere um, in your game world if you want them to be there. Uh, also, the, the last section is a big-ass, like, for-real puzzle section. Like, do you want to put yes. legit word problems and like lo codes logic and problems and codes. And puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are pretty cool. Uh, I looked over those. Those were neat. Yeah. They, they actually, I thought there was just going to be like two or three examples, but it's actually like, Oh, here's like 12 of them of how you can actually use it with handouts. Of varying difficulties as well. They actually have delineation of difficulties. So that's yeah. like, and, and also of course they have ways of like, okay, well, here's what they roll if they need a hint, which yeah. is always good. You can be a really smart person, but sometimes a puzzle just escapes you. you yeah, yeah. It could be the it could be the physicality of it or the non physicality of the puzzle, because it could be like you got to move some stuff around. It's like, well, I'm thinking about this in my head. I don't actually physically have spatial like awareness of it, so it's harder to tabulate in my brain. My my cool. piece of paper says I have a twenty intelligence. Please tell me how to do this puzzle. Yeah, well, and I actually like that. They don't be like, okay, you're smart enough, you just roll and solve the puzzle. It's like, no, I'm giving you guys a hint. You guys still have to think it through and make a get come up with a solution, um, which I like. I, I think that's I think that kind of puzzle making has been missing from a lot of D and D uh, for a little while. But other than that, I think it is all really good. Magic tattoos are fun. All of it's it's well a worth, solid book. It's really just well worth the wait. Yeah, I, I'm glad. Other than my one little silly little thing, it's like well, better late than never. This is the five point five. Yeah, and yeah, it really is. Um, also, some a lot of the optional features are very nice, yeah. which are you know just expanded spell lists and 
you know they actually didn't do as much as i was hoping they were going to do actually the there was a lot more content in the ua for optional rules that they actually didn't use a lot of it well but probably because some of them sucked yeah <laughs> or, or made no or, sense yeah made no sense or they didn't want to over the stuff the book they don't want to make too many options for people to manage Right. And also everything they do, they have to support on D and D beyond now because yeah. you can, you know, the D&D, all the optional character optional stuff now is in there, including yep. the make build your own, build your own background race thing. Yep. Like mm-hmm. they already have that in there. Custom lineage. And custom lineage. Yeah. It's, it's, it's slowly granted. They're not the same company and I got to keep reminding people that they're not D and D Beyond is not owned by Wizard of the Coast. They're their own thing. They just have a very extremely close relationship with one another. So that may go into a factor of their with their design, but I don't think it goes into that much of a factor. Well, yeah, they definitely haven't been able to support sidekicks yet because that's a that's kind of a, a tall order to be able to link an entire like we'll boil down one of those classes into a stat block that you can attach in, in that little area. Yeah. It's like it, it, you can make it if it was its own class with its own character sheet, but like creating like sort of a sub system inside it probably is more difficult. But other than that, that's Tasha's, and uh, I would definitely recommend it if you're a D&D fan. Other than that, we're going to go on to the main topic, which like I said, it's a pretty light episode. We're going, since it is the high holy turkey time, we are going to talk about what we are thankful in gaming. Who wants to go first? You do. Ah! Set the tone. Oh, good. Oh, thanks. Set thanks. the tone because I don't know how glib to be. <laughs> I am think. Well, obviously, beyond the the boilerplate, I am thankful that gaming even exists in in sort of tabletop sense. Uh, I I think I'm thankful that it is as socially acceptable as it is now. Very thankful that it has become a thing that one can openly talk about with almost anyone. And you, you'll get more of a look of confusion than a look of revulsion or ridicule. Because I think we all, me and Scott are definitely old enough. And I think Ryan remembers that when it was not something you talked about. Even with your parents. Like you didn't really talk about gaming with your parents. You didn't talk about it with... Your so unless your closest friends that are also you knew were involved, you didn't talk about it because it's was considered a little taboo. It was considered nerdy and socially unacceptable. You were seen as an outcast because they didn't understand it, and now they do. Now a lot of people do, and become it's become almost a, like a just a generic pastime for kids now, like. What are you doing tonight? Oh, we're doing D and D. It's like okay, and everyone's having a good time. So I think that's one of the things I would say I'm grateful for is the social acceptance of gaming. Um, okay, I guess I'm thankful that um, I'm thankful that the infrastructure for online gaming uh, was pretty much all in place by the time Corona hit. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 like, I second that, sir. Like we, we really, there really didn't need to be any new big innovation uh, to facilitate just hopping right on over to uh, you know everyone in their little boxes style gaming. 
Yeah. Um, I remember specifically, we'd been doing Roll20 for a little while, like a year before, and like really kind of getting into it in utilizing it even even when we were meeting up and gaming we were using mm-hmm. it on our big screens and stuff for maps and so when corona hit we we're like well I guess we just do it at home guys and they're like it was okay. such a sweet setup too like yeah. the the, uh, the basement was so good yeah it was a yeah, solid big screen tv with the map <sighs> felt good it was a solid gaming den the only advantage that i have at home for like our bad mage game which is our main example is that everyone can control their own character sheet character that no one has to like not one person has to move everyone it's everyone can just move themselves around and that's it but that's a minor thing yeah well well i'm grateful that despite the the horrors of the world outside people wanted to uh, escape into the the particular type of fantasies that i also enjoy so i got to actually play lots of games (laughs) (laughs) my gaming that at the age of 33, my schedule is my gaming schedule is just as packed as it is, or more packed than it's ever been. And I always have a game that I'm looking forward to. So that's something because you know, sometimes I used to have games that I dreaded. Oh, you know, those happen. Yeah, those happen sometimes, especially when you're neither, younger. Nothing you guys are involved, but you know, back in the you know, sometimes yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm just happy that I have people who want to game with me, like, and are like down. Yeah, I'm, I'm in what like four or five games of some. So I mean, yes, there's some of them are more, you know, some of them are gonna go away because they're shorter run things. But yeah, another one will. I, I have confidence another will take its place. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also there with you. Uh, I'm thankful for that too, just because I've gotten to the point in my gaming sort of career that I'm like, gaming game can start and stop, and it won't really bother me too much. Like, oh, we'll play something else. Well, I'll run something else. Um, I am. I'm. I'm thankful that uh, there's such a diversity of like really weird shit out there. I was. Yeah, I was gonna say something similar. Yeah. Like, I really like the fact that you know it's it's reached that sort of boiling point where anyone and any anyone who has an idea can slap something together. There's enough language out there and there's enough tools out there. Like there are all like there, there's not only is there like the big systems, but there's a lot of like really useful meta systems mm-hmm. like powered by the apocalypse and forged in the dark things that you can, that are designed to hack and, and remix so that anyone who has an idea doesn't have to do all the having lifting. Yeah, I, I totally get you. We games don't necessarily have to be bespoke anymore. Mm-hmm. They can you can take something more general, and if it's the right flavor and it's the right attitude that you're trying to go for, you can get something. You can get something that you need. Like one, like the it's I consider it like the renaissance of game development. Mm-hmm. Like Iron Sworn is a really one I've talked a lot about, and I think Iron Sworn is a great evolution of the Powered by Apocalypse sort of style system with a lot of versatility in telling the types of story, any type of almost any of the stories you want to tell. Uh, and even we got iterations on old classics like Story Path. Mm-hmm. Like Story Path is just an iteration off the old White Wolf stat system. Um, but I'm still waiting for the. The, the Street Fighter re-release, man. <laughs> let's get that. 
Let's get that story of Hat Street Fighter out there. It's possible. You can give them a pitch. Um, you've heard I that mean, they're doing the aberrant uh, wrestling. No, yeah, one, right? they are. They are. I mean, aberrant wrestling basically is Street Fighter. <laughs> like, that's probably <laughs> kind of what it is. Yeah. Uh, Supposedly, it's supposed to have, like, a strip down, and they took some bases off the Street Fighter, like, the old Street Fighter mm-hmm. system to I'll put check in it out. there. I mean, it was a good – it was – for whatever you want to say about it, it was a fun system. It wasn't a good system. It was a fun system. <laughs> fun system. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how – what they – what they do with that and then how they then translate that into anima oh yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. they're going to be doing a lot of the same mm, using a lot of the same mm. gas you want some true mm, cyberpunk anima. you yeah. want story path cyberpunk there you go oh, Play speaking anima. of which i got my physical copy of terra firma mm. uh which is is on the list of things to I'm, i've been slowly working my way through distant worlds mm. um i i find that that i i just don't have the stamina to just sit down and read an RPG supplement, I get I gotta piecemeal it. No, that's fine. It's fine. Um, but everything I've read's been fucking cool. Yes. Um, but back on the theme, I'm also thankful that we've reached a point with a number of different companies, uh, like D and D and Storypath and uh, you know a White Wolf, some of the older White Wolf properties, where we have things like the Storytellers Vault and the DMs Guild, yeah, uh, and the the Storypass Nexus, places where people can put out their own material, um, and distribute it, and get some money, and get credit, and get their name out there. Like yeah. I think that's a really positive step in terms of of once again getting more people involved in game design and getting more getting giving people the opportunity to get their name out there i had a lot of mixed feelings about it when i first heard about it um because i felt it was in my mind like oh this is just a cheap way for them to make money and basically get i wouldn't say free content but like getting like let's say the dm skill it was a way to get your name out there, but you felt like you were almost giving your your content, your creativity to the company. Yes, they make some money off of it, but ultimately they own it. But in the end, I thought, well, somebody's got to start somewhere and mm-hmm. you've got to make a name for yourself in some way. And it's always been notoriously hard to get into the RPG writing industry just because there's so few slots for it and you've got to and you've got to basically know the right people and they got to like your stuff and this is yeah, a way I mean, of making it, stuff that people can like it, it puts you it puts you out there and if it's good then you know it has a good opportunity of getting some numbers up there and getting you noticed and that way you know you, you kind of can short circuit some of the pitfalls of the 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 you know the old boys like we would go out for a drink at a con style of networking yes 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 uh which we had discussed before yes but i like that i think that's a great direction for things to go and you know hey it might not be an entirely equal equal relationship but it's better than nothing and you do have a lot of freedom with as long as you're following their rules for how the content yeah. and I've read them. They're not super, they're restrictive, but not super. So as long as you're state within the, the draw within the lines as it were, it's fine. You can come up with some really innovative ideas and really come up with some content 
like hell we've been i've been talking about aberrant so much and talking to people on discord i've like slowly putting some content together for terrence like the terrigen because i don't know if we'll get like a terrigen faction book or anything like that in aberrant i mean well i think it won't be a terrigen faction book it might be like i like because they're we're not getting like um Psy order books. We're getting the Psy orders, right? Uh, so, and we got, and we got, you know, Earth. Yeah. So I think we're probably going to get. We might get like Terrigen slash Project Utopia, like the the like, two sides of the coin, you know, like a thing. faction book or something like that. Like where it's major, just like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doubly thankful for that. I totally agree with any of that, um, in the diversity of the stuff, and I'm I'm, and then I guess I'm also thankful part and partial to a lot of the let's plays out there mm. anyone can be entertained by role playing now it's it's a very minor but it's still a uh but still present sort of professional sort of way of getting your way into the entertainment industry of like doing let's plays like showing people your content i think we're about to hit i think we've hit a saturation point but that's okay it happens um things change and evolve all the time but i do like it how it has facilitated all that acceptance that i said earlier in it and i enjoy that people have gone out there with their way to try to showcase gaming to others so i'm definitely thankful for them those people that were willing to yeah say what you will about critical role it got it out there like it got it out there in ways that not a lot did before nope like even even like acquisitions incorporated like that was a very niche thing that did not get that. That did not make the market penetration that Critical Role achieved, and you know, get, it, it took actually Critical Role to get it more attention on Ack Inc. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it grew because Critical Role grew the hobby. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, big time. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. That that's an opportunity. Uh, you know, I'm busting my hump to try and make that that work for me. But mm. you know, it wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't even be a thing if it were for the pioneers of it. Mm, absolutely not. Right. I'm thankful that yeah. people still want to listen to us talk about this shit for <laughs> yeah. years. Like, <laughs> we're thankful for our audience. I'm very thankful for you guys. It blows my mind that you're here. <laughs> when Matt Matt will tell me the numbers every once in a while, and I'm like. Whoa. But really really okay okay great we, we have seen some some market growth recently which i'm very happy about we I'm got some happy. really good emails recently so thank you very much we did we, oh we did get a very nice email so i want to be very thankful to joseph for that really nice email he said that we kind of like inspire him to constantly think from a different perspective and we appreciate that um and we are always open to emails we love emails we talk to him, talk back and forth. Every, Matt will always, when everyone hits the Gmail, he forwards it to both of us. And, you know, we, we, we read it. We talk yeah. about him. Yeah, if you post on the Patreon, if you're a patron and you put up a post or a comment about one of the episodes, I'll reply. Because 90% of any, 99% of the time, it will be me that you are interacting with. and I will, But I will always communicate with the other two what's going on. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we know what you're saying. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those situations of, we re- we really appreciate you guys, and mm-hmm. I'm very happy that you guys have stuck around with us for four years now. Yeah, yeah. four maybe five. It's a little yeah, going closer to five. Closer to five, probably because time doesn't exist anymore. No, um, 
not yeah. saying anymore. It, it's a soup. It's soup. <laughs> for my family. For my family. For I'm thankful for Click Clack Math Rocks. That's what I am thankful for. So click Clack nice. Math Rocks. So click nice. Math Rocks. I, I, to this day, will continue purchasing Click Clack Math Rocks. I can't I see it because it's a goddamn green screen. It's a green die, is it not? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. It looks like you're holding nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at, at all. all. Nothing. Stupid sexy die. Stupid sexy. He's holding in front of his green screen, everyone. And uh, mm-hmm. podcast gold and all that. Um, yeah, I'm, I appreciate them because there's some really cool ones out there. And just as the hobby has grown, the artisans that make custom dice and, and all of that have exploded. And so you get to see some I'll say fantastic th- designs. I'll say one thing that I'm not thankful for. I'm not thankful for the fact that uh, all of these custom dice places that make really nice dices do not, in general, make sets of D10s. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like a... you have to buy them piecemeal if, if nothing that's at all. Kind of butts. It's kind of butts. It's like, come on. Like the, all, every single one of them sells D, like the standard D20 set, D, yep. uh, the D&D set. Acknowledge the world's second largest role playing game, please. Yes, please do. <laughs> come on. There's. It's a silver medal. You can get fancy V5 dice. But you can't get other shit. Yeah, so uh, we're thankful, but this could be improved. Let's just say that. Serve me better, industry. Serve me better. (laughs) Do you want my money? I will give you my money. I'll just throw it at you, please. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, I've always enjoyed lo- seeing. There's so many sets of dice. I'm like, I was oogling over some dice, some like they were purple amethyst, like translucent prismatic dice. I was like, mm. oh my god, I won't use them. I just want to see them. I still use I use them for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden because I don't have like a character sheet or anything there, so I don't even use the Beyond dice roller. Yeah, but it's nice to have my nice little dice tray, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm thankful for dice trays. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we that we can we can expand upon that. I'm a, I'm thankful for all the nifty bits and bobs. Yep. You know, when when the when the when the hobby hit a certain level, people realized that they could make money selling knickknacks. Yeah. And I like knickknacks. I am also very thankful for all of the. Actually, I mean, this is a shout out to to people like us that do this podcast, but also everyone who puts out their own creative energy, like teaching and giving instructions for the little things that they do at their game mm-hmm. like matt Koval does a whole sequence of 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 how he runs games and he's very emphatic like this is just my way my experience like my, my wisdom of gaming but by no means does it work for everyone also people who are like here's how to make a cool like nifty initiative tower thing that you want to do it's like okay that's cool thank you i appreciate that You're- Weird spell markers. Weird spell markers. Um, everyone helped, all the positive people helping everyone else with the rules, like on Reddit or Discords or Facebook or however they communicate, just like being a nice person and explaining rules or ideas to each other to help, the, help everyone get a kind of a commonality in the culture. So everyone, so everyone sort of gets on the same page. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thankful for people being cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. We're pretty thankful for a lot of things here at Polyhedron. Obviously, uh, our patrons, we're very thankful for you guys. We're oh, thankful. Yeah, big time. I am personally thankful for my two friends here in Little Black Boxes. 
Ryan and Scott for being with me on this long road of over a hundred episodes. Yeah. 110 episodes. <laughs> Oof. This will be 121. Jesus. What? Jesus, fuck. <laughs> it feels like we just did our 100th. Yeah, we did. But it was COVID, so it doesn't exist. Time to, time's, a, time's a fallacy. Time is oh my God. real. Yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of a fuck. So yeah, we're 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 almost to a quarter of our two hundredth episode, as it were. Guess we'll just keep doing this till one of us dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've we've hit that hump where it's like, should we stop? Yeah, we nah. We're pretty comfortable with what we're doing, and I'm I'm happy with the content. We haven't gotten any angry emails about our continued decline in quality. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thankful that we haven't had to activate the funny voice clause. Yes, yes. You know, I was just about to say we didn't. I have we have never. I have yet to have to activate my funny voice. For new listeners, it means we haven't had any shitheads. Like, give us an email or a tweet or something silly or a review, bad review and, like, just lambast us for something stupid. Because if they do, and I've made this clear since basically the first episode, I will dox you. No, I'm not. I won't do that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no I, will read, I will read. I will, however, read your message to us, and I will do it in a very stupid voice. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm, and, and I, I know when you're being serious. So, you know, if anyone out there tries to send us a, a you know, a, a fake mean message, I'll know. You yeah. know, and then you won't get the funny voice. You won't get we'll the funny you voice. You won't get it. Nope. Nope. We'll just be sad. We'll, we'll, we'll pretend to be really sad and hurt. Yeah. <laughs> We're role players. We know how to fake it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm just thankful for everyone here and I'm very happy that we've been able to do this. We've had ups, we've had some downs, but we're making, we're on a really good stride. I love all the actual play stuff we've been doing. I'm eager for some of the stuff in the future. I've already got a, like an idea growing in the back of my head for me to finally run something. Cause <sighs> well, I'm a chicken shit and that's just what happens. Well, it's your turn. So yeah, I did it. I yeah, did no. Uh, my here's my here's my big big reveal, everyone. I'm mostly a player, not really a GM. Is that so, Matthew? And the thing about GM is, like, I get really excited for a thing to run for about a month. Yep, I seen it, and then it goes away, and it just evaporates. Yep. Your bubble pops. Mm-hmm. I've been grinding this fucking Star Wars shit for a year, my man. <laughs> I ain't a storyteller. I know. I know I've got something in book that I will actually am writing down and I'm hoping the scion game I'm running for my friends personally will help me sort of like get into a nice groove of running so that when I run for you guys, it will be that much better. Also, I'm running out of characters to reuse. Like I have a few archetypes I play and I'm running out of the archetypes to run in a public space. So you might actually force me into doing something new. Oh no. Holy shit. If we keep doing live plays, I'll actually have to like, I don't know, do something other than a creepy doctor, <laughs> a tech hick, or a, tech hick, a creepy <laughs> doctor, or a snarky, snarky magician. Or some sort of snarky magician, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, also, I need, a, I need a couple of characters that does not ultimately come and in, turn into a dad of the group. I just, I can't. Matt, you can't play more charismatic than you are, and you can't play less dad than you are, okay? <laughs> Yeah, you can flip me off all you want. 
Podcast no lies goals. detected. That's all I've got to say on that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, the numbers are on the page for a reason, but you are who you are. Yeah, it's true. That is one of the things about gaming. You can, you can stretch yourself as much as you can, but sometimes yourself is what constrains you. I've, I've actually, you know, I've, I've come to, back in the times when we went outside, <laughs> I, I always used to kind of, like, chuckle a little bit when someone would tell me for their next LARP character they really wanted to, like, push themselves outside of their comfort zone, like, way outside and do something they don't generally like doing. And I'm like, why? Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I respect I know I like I understand that feeling very much no but it's like no I'm just more talking about it's like hey I don't know if you know this but for four straight years I'm going to do something that I'm generally uncomfortable with that's going to be the whole thing and that's what I'm talking about like people tell me it's like I'm going to make a character it's something I hate doing and I feel weird about doing all the time but I'm gonna do it for years unfortunately I got to play that concept for all of one session at, at uh, Fractured and then I haven't been able to play him since it's a thing. It is a very much a thing. But I think that's all for... I think we've gone over all the things we're mostly thankful for. Obviously, we could be here all evening talking about all the thankful things. But Oh, one more thing. All right, I'm thankful right. I don't have to game with jack-offs anymore. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Sure. I'm thankful that I haven't had a bad table in a long time. I have no problem players. I now have a pretty good circle of people that I role-play with, with some satellite folks who will come in every once in a while. All of them are golden. I don't have to worry about any of them being like weird aggro douchebags about it or getting weird and overly sexual about everything as you know, as you have to deal with in your youth. <laughs> but yeah. that is what I am very thankful for good tables and my continued influx of people that are good players. <laughs> finding, finding a good uh, sort of collection of people to game with. It, it takes time. Uh, well, you know, yeah. and also sniffing out the creepos. Correct. It, that's like what I mean by it getting, takes time. Getting a yeah. good nose for the creepos and, and pushing them to and, the side. And the people who can be redeemed or, or, or educated are redeemed or educated. Regardless, I think we're very thankful for everyone. I hope everyone has a nice, safe Thanksgiving. Eat lots of food. Enjoy yourself. Stay inside. Stay inside. Wear Stay, inside. If you Stay do indoors. Remain indoors. Remain indoors. Don't think about the event. Wear a mask. <laughs> Wear a <laughs> we fucking don't. mask. Hey, yep. hey, that's number wing. That's all I'm saying. It is, in fact, number one. Now, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkive on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.